This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a gloomy Monday, but uh, fear not, still some racing to be had in the Great Lakes region. You're going to have to search for it, though, uh, coming up. We'll talk about that and more, but first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Bubba Wallace went to the front of the field with less than 10 laps to go in Stage 2 of Monday's NASCAR Cup Series event at Talladega Super Speedway. Then the rains came, and just before 4.30, the race was called official, handing Wallace his first career Cup Series win. He becomes just the second-ever African-American driver to win in NASCAR's highest level since Wendell Scott did it back in 1963. Another first-time NASCAR winner was crowned on Saturday when Brandon Brown found himself at the front of the field with 12 laps to go when a crash unfolded behind him in turn three. As the accident was cleaned up, NASCAR officials called the race due to darkness, handing Brown his first Xfinity Series win in his 114th career start. And if that wasn't enough, How about Tate Fogelman sliding sideways across the line Saturday afternoon after, I'm going to say it, straight up dumping John Hunter Nemechek coming to the checker. Fogelman edged out Tyler Hill by uh, .052 seconds for his first career win in the NASCAR Truck Series. And finally, Rich, sad news out of Georgia yesterday. Former NASCAR Truck Series driver John West Townley was shot to death after a domestic incident involving himself his estranged wife, Laura, and uh, Zachary Anderson, John West Townley, later dined at a hospital due to injuries sustained. Laura Townley is expected to survive. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. Holy smokes, we survived. We made it. Facebook crash 2021. Rich France, we, I don't know how we did it. We got through. I. You know, Zach, I know because I panicked for a while because that is a major form of research for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a major form of uh, show promotion for us. So uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you uh, remember to hit the follow on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, make sure you hit that follow button because Facebook and Instagram or not, we're still going to have a show on Monday. So uh, glad you found us nonetheless. Yeah, it's pr- pretty cool. I think what to, what we got it got it back on. I think what just within the last hour or so. Yeah, I think uh, what or it was the last a r- couple hours. Right yeah. around six o'clock, uh, started. You know, he started getting the the Facebook Messenger came back, and then all of a sudden Facebook, it's the the app came back, and Instagram was coming back. So, I don't know. I think we're almost back to the corrupt world that we once knew. Yeah. Zach, let me ask you. Six months ago, um, a teen sensation was taking the late model world by storm, and he got his driver's license. Uh, luckily for motor motorists in the state of Georgia, 
Jake Garcia can handle the steering wheel fairly well. Uh, the 16-year-old made an emphatic statement of that uh, at the Night of Champions on Saturday night at Five Flags Speedway. Garcia locked up both the Deep South Cranes Blizzard Series and the Southern Super Series Championships. He also cashed in on a $10,000 bonus uh, for the Super Series title. Garcia's uh, top 10 result was more than enough to secure the hardware. With Stephen Nassie's nightmarish evening, Garcia came into the into Saturday leading Nassie in the Blizzard Series by four points and trailing him in the Super Series by 14 points. The Blizzard, uh, the, the margin grew while uh, the Super Series gap tightened after Garcia won the poll in qualifying and Nassie failed to crack the top 10. As Garcia contended with the leaders in the feature, Nassie climbed only as high as seventh before problems parked him at the lap 75 mark. Garcia will now eye a crown jewel coming up in a couple of weeks, the All-American 400 at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, October 15th through the 17th. Good stuff there. And of course, a lot of eyes going to be turning to the pavement world because that's really, we've got some crown jewel races coming up to close out the season and of course, to get us through the month of October here. How about Salem Speedway in Salem, Indiana? They played host to the Arkham Menard Series Saturday night with Sioux Chief Powerpex 200. And Rich, it appeared as though it was going to be another chapter in the same book, Ty Gibbs on his way to another series win. That was until California's Jesse Love stepped to the plate. With 45 laps to go, the 16-year-old Venturini Motorsports driver muscled his way around Gibbs on a restart and then held off the Joe Gibbs Racing driver for the remainder of the event to grab his first career Arkham Menard Series win. It took the defending Arkham Menard Series West champion just 15 National Series starts to get his first victory. Behind Love and Gibbs was Raja Karuth, Will Kimmel and Gracie Trotter rounded out the top five from Salem. And Zach, Ashton Winger had an opportunity he knew he couldn't waste this weekend. Uh, he tasted the world of Outlaws victory lane before, but never in front of his home crowd. The Hampton, Georgia driver cashed in on that chance, leading every lap to win Saturday's World of Outlaws Morton Building's late model feature at Sonora Raceway. Uh, Winger rose from his car, uh, with excitement pounding his fists on the roof, on the roof before his uh, typical steering wheel drop in celebration. Um, even though he led all 40 laps, Winger didn't dominate the race. Chris Madden and Mark Whitener challenged the Georgia campaigner for the lead on multiple occasions. Winger held them off by taking an aggressive approach to dealing with lap traffic. Saturday's win is Winger's second World of Outlaws triumph of the season and third of his career. Madden crossed the line in second, his 26th top five finish of 2021. And uh, the great court South Carolina driver made a late charge at winger, but fell just short on the final lap. Whitener would round out the podium. Hey, let's talk about more dirt track racing kind of around our area. Kevin Thomas Jr. traded the lead with Chris Windham on the last lap and went on to his third Fall Nationals win at Lawrenceburg Speedway. That win paid over uh, paid out $10,000 after 30 laps of racing as part of the USAC Amsoil Sprint Car National Championship. In other dirt racing news, the Dirt Car Fall Nationals took place Saturday night at Lincoln Speedway in Lincoln, Illinois. Ryan Unzicker, who arrived at the track just in time to tag the tail of the last heat race, picked up the win and then started on the front row of the feature. He led every lap in a flawless performance to pick up the $3,000 payday. How about that, Rich? You roll in, last minute, 
tag on to the tail of the final heat race, and boom, you start in the front row and go on to win the feature. That sounds like something Kyle Larson would do, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. Hey, I want to take a second here. we got some time in tonight's show. I want to talk to you about NASCAR racing uh, this weekend and into today. How about Bubba Wallace and his win today at Talladega Super Speedway? I had a chance, uh, thanks to my work schedule, to watch the better part of that race. Um, I've had a lot of opinions about Bubba over his career but uh, I don't know. I want to start with your opinions, Rich. What do you think of what went down today? Um, I think 23XI Racing Team is very, very fortunate on this Monday evening, Zach. Um, I don't see any other type of racetrack that this is going to happen at this year, uh, especially with the performances he's been giving uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan all year long. Um the only way that that car was going to have a chance to win this season, in my opinion, was at a super speedway where you can get some help. Um, and those are the only, I, I, that's my opinion because it's, that is a whole different type of racing. I think we all know that. Yeah. And I think that you're right. You know, Talladega, as we saw three first time winners in NASCAR's top three series uh, over this weekend, that kind of, uh, right. That kind of gives you that indication that Talladega is the wild card that we all know it is. Um, I think it's interesting. When you take a look at 23XL Racing, they decided to build a team, they being Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, they decided to be a build a team at the end of a NASCAR Cup Series era. They're never going to use these race cars again that they're building and racing. Um, it kind of brings the question, is it Bubba Wallace or is it the equipment? And I think we're really going to find that out here when next year rolls around. And Bubba is paired with a driver like Kirk Busch, who we know is going to move to 23XL Racing with Chip Ganassi folding up their Cup Series program. Rich, I don't think Bubba Wallace is a bad race car driver, but I don't think he's someone that goes to victory lane multiple times a year. Um, no, I don't I don't think he's going to victory lane once or twice a year. I mean, that that's just my opinion. Um, I don't know how... I know how he got that ride. I think everybody does. So, um, well, he's marketable. He, you know, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we're, we can talk about it. How did Danica Patrick get all those rides all of her career? Right? She's marketable, and Bubba Wallace is the same way. He's marketable. He knows how to sell and how to make money. It's easy. You put him in a race car. Well, I th my I, my opinion is I think he was marketable for this ride for the wrong reasons. Sure. Uh, with every with everything that went down, and I think that absolutely had something to do with it because he was popular at that time. Let's go back to, you know, last year when everybody, the whole NASCAR garage area escorted him in his car down pit road after that incident. So, um, is that the way to do it? I guess you, you know, get your NASCAR ride whenever you want to, or however you want to, but, um, I don't expect to see a lot. He's just not been the same. Um, you know, when he was in a cup car, the best I ever saw him wheel a car was when he was in the truck series, to be honest with you. For sure. And now let's talk about this, too. The stats don't necessarily uh, lie for what Rich and I are saying here. This season with 23XL, and again, you have to consider that it's a new team. We get that. But when it's funded by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, both proven winners, Denny Hamlin uh, has won everything but a NASCAR Cup Series championship. You'd expect this team to be contending up front. Uh, Daytona duel, not a points race, finished second. The next time, and that was uh, February 11th. The next time that that number 23 car finishes inside the top five is another non-points race with a sixth place finish in June. 
at the All-Star Open. Then it finishes fifth in uh, the NASCAR Cup Series race at Pocono. Remember, that was a special race, shortened 350 miles because it was a double, uh, a dual race. Then it finishes second at Daytona, and now a win at Talladega. Other finishes, 28th, 26th, 16th, 11th, 39th, 14th. I mean, this is a 14th, this is a 20th place team, top 20 team, on a good day, Rich. I I just enjoy it so much, Zach, when you get to make my case for me. Thank you. <laughs> His top three finishes all on super speedways. Yeah. Um, you know, two at Daytona and one at Talladega. That's it. That just validates my opinion on what I, th- what I think. I don't think you're going to see him, um, go to victory lane again this season. I, I would be very surprised. I do want to, uh, I do want to say just, say that um you know what nascar made every chance every opportunity they could to get that race back underway because i know i know for a fact that we have listeners that are going to say well nascar gift wrapped that win for him uh rich talladega doesn't have lights it was 4 30 eastern time uh 3 30 talladega time the sun sets at six o'clock talladega time you're talking about a 2.88 mile racetrack that was completely soaked with rain, and as the jet dryers were out there, it started raining again, and then NASCAR had no choice but to call it because they weren't going to be able to get the race in. It was after the halfway point. The race is official. Bubba Wallace just happens to be at the front. Listen, he didn't lead laps until there were two laps before the race ended, okay? He came out of nowhere to end up being up front. Good strategy, luck. I think you need a little bit of both to win at Talladega, but uh, nonetheless, Bubba Wallace is a winner with a NASCAR Cup Series. Nobody can change that. And, Zach, I think you can say almost the same thing kind of happened um, with Brandon Brown in the Xfinity Series, too, as well. Oh, yeah. You know, they had to they had to cut that off because they don't have lights. And, uh, you know, maybe sometimes it's, it's better uh, to kind of stay out there and be out front uh, on a caution. And when everybody else heads down pit road, if they can't get – now, that's a big gamble. It always is when you, when you do that, especially if, if you're talking about darkness or – um, you know, weather coming. That's a big gamble to do that. And, and it kind of paid out for paid off for both of them. Uh, by the way, Brandon Brown, a crowd favorite. If you watched the NBC uh, Sports Network broadcast, apparently, according to Front Stretch Victory Lane interviewer, the crowd chanting, let's go, Brandon. Now, Rich, I know I wasn't there in person. I was watching on TV. I thought they were saying something different, but... NBC wouldn't lie to us, uh, so Brandon Brown, a crowd favorite among Xfinity fans. <laughs> um, they were not saying that. <laughs> they were. I mean, yes, we would love to believe that, they, that that Brandon Brown grabbed the hearts of the Talladega Speedway and all of the fans there, and they just couldn't. I think they had to figure out who it was that was driving that car first, because I don't. Even when I looked and said Brandon Brown, yeah. And and then I then I heard over a hundred starts, I still hadn't heard of him for sure. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So, but uh, unfortunately, Zach, that is not what they were saying because it's been happening at sporting events all weekend long. Yeah, it sure has been. Well, nonetheless, uh, congratulations to the week. Did you see? I guess let's wrap it up. Did you see the Truck Series finish Saturday afternoon? I did not see the Truck Series finish. I was watching. I was watching some of it. Um, 
and I got sidetracked. But uh, if you didn't no, see I, it, I, it was a good race. I, I was enjoying. It, it was a good race. Uh, by the way, last thought on Xfinity: Noah Gragson should have been hurt in that race car. Uh, the hit that he took, hats off to all of the safety innovations that NASCAR has put in. Uh, the hit that Noah Gregson took on Saturday would have hurt somebody, if not worse, 20 years ago. And I think we all know that for sure. So uh, I want to tip my cap to the NASCAR officials and, and every all the science and all the things that have went into NASCAR because that was a vicious wreck. Now, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Tate Fogelman, if you didn't see the finish, I want to hear your thoughts on this. He flat-out dumped John Hunter Nemechek. Now, John Hunter took the blame in his post-race interview. When I saw it live, I even exclaimed, oh, he dumped him. Uh, John Hunter said he threw a block, and and he says, quote, apparently I threw it too late. Um, so uh, I don't know if that's taking blame or just kind of looking at the situation and going, well, I guess that's plate racing. You know, you try to throw the block. The other guy can't go below the double yellow line. Uh, insert Brad Keselowski's first career win where Carl Edwards nearly flips into the grandstands. Um, but uh, Tate Fogelman picks up his first career win dramatic fashion. And oh, by the way, yeah, they get the win, but they'll never be able to race that truck again because it got absolutely destroyed as it crossed the start finish line and then wrecked into the wall. Yeah, I think I think you can get away with that, um, you know, on a super speedway because they are going so fast. There's no brakes on those trucks. Uh, if someone's coming in front of you, there you have nowhere to go, to be honest, if, if, even in the Cup Series. Um, if somebody's late on the block, there's going to be contact. You just can't stop them like you can on a smaller racetrack. So um, I'm going to give John Hunter Nemechek the pass and say, yeah, and, and let him take the blame because usually he doesn't <laughs> ever take the blame. <laughs> it's, always, it's, it's, it's always other guys' fault. But uh, – you know, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, he's an aggressive driver. He, and, and he's pretty good at that. So, you know, going down to make a, a block late, um, that doesn't surprise me. And, and he knows, he knows what he did. Um, you know, he wouldn't admit to something he didn't do. So I'm I, sensing I think, rich France. I, I think I'm sensing you I? may not be the biggest John Hunter Nemechek fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, you know what? He, it was great watching him. It, it was great watching him run late models, uh, super late models when he was just coming up. But uh, you know, he had, he needs to win a little bit more and, and not um, you know beat down the competition when everything doesn't go your way. That that it's everybody else's fault. Well, remember, um, he did make the decision to leave the Cup Series. I mean, that wasn't if if I remember it all correctly, it wasn't just because he lost his ride. I, I think that he realized that he wasn't ready to win in the Cup Series, so. He went back to the trucks because he thought he could win there. Well, and that's probably a good place for him. That that re it really is. I mean, I, I've I've seen him run the trucks many a times, and and he's very very competitive. So um, no, I wish him all the luck in the world. I, I, you know, I think that's where he needs to be for just a little while. Um, but no, I, I I'm not a I'm not a hater of John Hunter Nemechek. I I just think um, you know most of the time when when he's on camera due to something late in the race, it's because of somebody else's fault, and I don't think that's always the case. All right. Uh, that's a lot of talk about NASCAR for our show tonight. That's because uh, a lot of rain from last weekend, and uh, really not a whole lot left going on in and around our area, Rich, but the uh, folks at Palladega, also known as Mid-Michigan Raceway Park, Gene and the crew got their annual corn harvest in, and race cars came from all around for the uh, basically three-day festivities that happen at Mid-Michigan Raceway Park once a year. 
uh, Friday practice, Saturday preliminaries and specials, and uh, then typically Sundays are the main event. And, of course, it was uh, late models, modified street stocks, front-wheel drives, all in action over this past weekend. Now, if you're thinking, wait a minute, it's kind of late in the year. Well, they did have to postpone uh, one weekend due to weather, so uh, everything got pushed back a little ways. But they got it in nonetheless, and uh, it's our it's our pleasure to be able to cover this event, and now it's our pleasure to bring in the guy who got it done. Well, Zach, uh, this gentleman lives out on the west side of the state, uh, typically find him at Thunder Thunderbird and Winston. Uh, had a big win this weekend in the corn harvest up at Mid-Michigan Raceway Park. Rob Taylor, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, uh, tell me about this weekend. It, uh, you're, we're, we're running out of time here on the season. That's about it in Michigan, and, and you're able to to bag a nice one. Yeah, it was... Uh... Kind of surprising. We uh, were busting butt and trying to get this brand new car together. And uh, DJ Hesket and Ryan Hesket from Outlaw Suspension went went down and got it for us when it was ready. And they uh, helped us get it set up and just did an awesome job with that. And we. Uh, Got the track, and I was just kind of figuring it was going to be a testing weekend just to get some laps under my belt. So we got a hot lap session in and went to go back out, and, and they didn't have or wasn't having any more hot laps, so I had to turn around, come back to the pit, and so then we were, TJ and um, Ryan, we were talking, and so we, he told us another, what to do for some more setups on the car for the heat ray. So Rob, I want to interject here and just kind of fill in some gaps. And uh, so you guys came into this weekend, uh, you raced all year with that 44 car, but uh, you picked up a, a brand-new uh, chassis from, from CJ. What did you guys end up with? A black diamond. Okay, so you pick up a new black diamond. Now, what were you running beforehand? I was running a Masters Belt Gen X uh, okay. 2013. Okay, so now, uh, was this a brand-new black diamond, or what year is this? This is a brand-new 2022 all right, man. So stepping into some new technology for you. So how, I mean, was it a big learning curve for you over the weekend? Um, I thought it was going to be, but it actually caught on with it, you know, pretty quick. They had it, like I say, CJ and Ryan had it set up pretty close, and and it didn't take too long to, to get a handle on it. So Mid-Michigan Raceway Park, uh, this is a racetrack in our area, Rob, that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but a really fun little racetrack that is hard on tires and, and can be hard to get a grip on. And uh, as a matter of fact, you, you uh, I think you would admit, you kind of struggled in Saturday's uh, special show that they put on. Um, you kind of ran toward the back there, but what changed for you come main event time on Sunday? What what was the difference maker in that 44 car? Uh, 
couple of the big difference was got a little seat time, so then I I did get a lot more confident, and we did make a couple more changes for Saturday for the main event, and then start you know starting up front kind of helped. And so, or, you know, got the luck of the draw there. And, and so I just figured I'd just try to go for it and do the best I could. And, and it worked out. Now, Rob, I have a question. You you got that new car, but was that always in the plans? Because I read uh, you tore up that master build, didn't you, during the season? Yeah, yeah. We dumped the front clip. Um, we could have got it reclipped. Then we just we talked it over and decided not to reclip a 2013 car, and we just decided to go with a new chassis. So now with a different different brand. Now was this Black Diamond a change? Uh, I mean, were you thinking brand specific, or were you just looking for for a, for a newer chassis? Uh, I mean, what led you to this Black Diamond? Um. Watching other, watching other guys running them, running the black diamond, and I seen they were fast and consistent, one of the top brand race cars out there right now. And obviously, um, uh, picking up a win, that's gonna, I mean, that probably puts yeah. some support in their corner from you, huh? Yeah, and you know, and CJ and Ryan are, you know deal with black diamond and we knew it was a good car and we wanted to uh, deal with those two guys we figured that would be a good way to go now i want to talk a little bit about you and your career just a little bit here because i know that for uh the past couple of years when i've been watching late model racing in our state um that blue number 44 has been around uh you're kind of um a homebody, if you will, to Thunderbird and Winston. Uh, has that been? Has that been kind of the way it's been for you? Um. Yeah, pretty much. I've been hanging out at the two home tracks. Um, I do like to go out once in a while. It gets expensive, but I do love to run. You know, like Crystal. So. Um, now, how long have you and been? It, how long have you been running Thunderbird and, and Winston? I've been running thirty-three years. Wow! So you got a pretty nice career under your belt there. Yeah. Now, Seems like time, time flies. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. So now, corn harvest is is kind of a, a party weekend. Folks know that too, but really, when you talk about competition, there were some good guys there over the weekend. Uh, where is this? I mean, this win for you, what does that mean for you and this new car and everything? And uh, really, your program now heads into the offseason on on top of the pile with a win. Uh, what's that? How's that feeling for you? Uh, it, feels, it feels real good. Um, there, was, there was a lot of competition there, and well, that really made me feel good to be able to beat a lot of the top drivers that were there. 
Now, moving into the offseason here, we look toward 2022. You, you buy this brand-new chassis, so that tells me uh, that you got plans to run a, a decent season in 2022. But, Rob, how long are we looking at doing this? As you said, over 30 years behind the wheel, uh, that's a career for some folks. What, what do you got in mind? Uh, I'm, I'm not for sure. <laughs> I, haven't, I don't have a don't have a set time yet that I was going to retire but I know it's getting to an end the t- I'm, I'm thinking wow. maybe four four or five more years or so yeah Rob I figure you buy you buy a brand new race car that you're, you're signing up for a, at least four or five more years right <laughs> oh at least yeah <laughs> Now, what other things have you done, Rob? I know your career is behind the late model, but uh, has I mean, has that been your primary career car, or or what other divisions have you been behind the wheel of? Well, I uh, I started late models in two thousand. Um, before that, or when I started racing, I started out with what they called amateurs. That I started out in a seventy five Camaro. I ran that for one season the amateur class and then I went to pro stocks in 89 and ran pro stocks through uh, 92 and then then I went to limited late models from 93 through 99 and then in 2000, then, as you said, you went to late models, right? Yeah, they they dropped the limited late model class, so I went started late models in 2000. Now, obviously, late models has been what you've been doing for, I'm going to say it, Rob, and I hope it doesn't make you feel, 21 years you've been behind the wheel of a late model then. Um, do you see that being what you do for the rest of your racing career, or do you have anything else that you'd like to maybe move around in and, and uh, jump in the seat of and see what's going on? Um, I think that's what I'll end up finishing is with the late miles. Well, Todd, uh, man, this was uh, pretty cool. I know you had a lot of uh, support on social media picking up this win. Uh, that's got to feel nice, too, when you see all those people come out of the woodwork to uh, congratulate you and celebrate this win with you. Yes, it was. It, it was. it made me feel good. It was overwhelming seeing all the congratulations on the social media. Yeah, Rob, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh... I'm looking at a picture of this new car, and, and I, I really like the pink uh, on that blue, but I don't see a whole lot of anything else. Uh, tell us who all helps you out on that car. Um, me and my dad. My dad uh, put a ton of hours in it, and I appreciate that from him. I appreciated CJ and Ryan getting us going there, too, with the setup, and and my dad's been there all through the years. Well, Rob, uh, we appreciate you making some time to be with us tonight. We know we haven't uh, – this is our first time bringing you on the show, and um, it's been fun to watch you run, man, and we're going to have some fun now. Looking for you to go to Victory Lane a couple more times now that you got that new late model under you. Uh, what is the plan for 2022? you going to return to Thunderbird and, and Winston and maybe 
uh, go around a little bit, or what are you thinking right now? Um, main, mainly Thunderbird and Winston. Maybe, maybe get out to Crystal a few times. Well, Rob, man, we appreciate you making time to join us tonight. Congratulations on a big win at Mid-Michigan. Uh, hopefully you get a chance to park that thing in Victory Lane a couple more times next year, all right? Yeah, thank you. I hope so. That's Rob Taylor. <laughs> he picked up the late model win at Paladega, also known as Mid-Michigan Raceway Park, over the weekend. Rob Taylor, congratulations to him. Uh, okay, Rich, it's time to take a look at what's coming up here. Uh, we're running out of things to do uh, around our area, but... Another event that I think even you've raced at, I've raced at, and uh, I've had a car in this event too as a as an owner, Michigan Cup at Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway. This is a big deal. You want to talk about, we talked about corn harvest and cars coming from all around. Pavement side, Michigan Cup is it. This is a big race. And, and it's pretty cool, you know, Michigan Cup on the heels of the Super Shoe. Uh, same type of party. Same type of racing. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, and I am kind of jealous this year uh, for Chris Foby, our, you know, our our partner here. Um, he gets to be there all weekend and call all 100 races. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many at least. Have. At but least. I, at least. But, I, I, but, you know, that's, that is a fun time. A lot of people look forward to, uh, to the Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway and the Michigan Cup every year. Now, here's the thing. This is another three-day event, basically. So Friday, the tentative schedule has group qualifying. Now, what's racing? Front-wheel drive ABC stocks. Uh, so, you know, qualifying your group. You know how that works. Street stocks, template late models, modifieds, and outlaw late models all in action. Um, so they will group qualify until uh, 7 o'clock, and then your late arrivals will group qualify 7.30 to 9 o'clock. And then it's, it's on the schedule of events, Rich, and that's how you know what the weekend's all about pit party following qualifying it's on the schedule of events you have to go to the quali pit pit party following qualifying all right saturday late qualifying again uh from this says 10 30 p.m to 4 p.m i think they meant 10 30 a.m uh to 4 p.m for late qualifying and then racing gets underway uh we'll have uh, the first green flag at five o'clock on saturday and then on sunday Feature events featuring 50 laps for the Outlaw Late Models A feature, 50 laps for the Modified A feature, and 40 laps for the Template Late Models A feature, 35 laps for the Street Stock A feature on Sunday. And racing starts at 12.30 in the afternoon. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a lot of racing, a lot of fun. Michigan Cup at Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway coming up this weekend. Have you raced at Michigan Cup? Yes, I have. I've I've done it once. Uh, I, I've raced at Springport Mid Michigan Speedway, uh, probably a handful of times in my career, but only one Michigan Cup. But uh, still, have to say, um, it's a camping party, uh, campfires at night. Uh, you know, enjoying a lot of Pepsi's at night. Yes. Uh, so, so it's yeah, it's a long weekend. I don't know if I I don't know if I, these days if I could ever do Super Shoe. And Cup <laughs> You'd have to make back. a decision. <laughs> no, so anybody who can do that is a hero in my book. Hey, uh, my shining, my dad and I shining moment. I got sick uh, the last time we went to Michigan Cup, so my dad drove my car. Shining moment of both of our careers. We broke out of our qualifying time. We're like, whoa, that never happens. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Not so cool that we had to go to the back of the f field, but uh, we came in and we said, 
How the heck did we manage that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Really cool. Now, you're going to have a lot of fun this weekend as well. Um, big event coming up for you on Sunday at Toledo Speedway. Yeah, Zach. Uh, Sunday, October 10th, the Hemelgarn Racing Raleigh Beal Classic. It's a fixture at the Toledo Speedway. 100 laps season championship event for the USAC Silver Crown Series. Uh, Cody Swanson and Logan Seavey separated by one point, Zach. One point in the championship standings. Aaron Pierce, Tyler Rorig, your little 500 winner. Bobby Santos, Justin Grant, Brian Tyler, all expected to be in the house. Uh, and that's just partial. I think I saw 20 or 22 uh, Silver Crown Series cars on the pre-entry list. Uh, also, it will, it will also be the championship event for the Toledo Late Model Sportsman and the factory stocks. And Zach, uh, our friend of the program, Ron Allen, he has 14 overall championships, where if you listen to the lead into the program, you'd know that. Yes. <laughs> going, going for number 15 this weekend, he has a 10-point lead going into that event on Sunday. Wow. This is going to be a good race. Good points race. Yikes. Both, and, and I will say both, both, the, both the late model sportsmen and the factory stocks, both 10-point leads over first and second place. So it's going wow. to come down to the wire for both of those champs. Never mind the USAC Silver Crown Series. We're worried about the uh, ARCA Racing Series uh, championship battles that are going on at Toledo. My goodness, it's going to be a good one. Rich, again, racing starts at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Nice afternoon show. Uh, get you home in time to catch your, uh, your, uh, your primetime TV before bedtime. Nice stuff. All right, Saturday, we talked about rain that kind of washed away some things. Saturday is a rescheduled event as we kind of back the calendar up a little bit. Fall Brawl from Lucas Oil Raceway Park. This is with the Jag CRA All-Stars Tour. They are the headliner, 100 laps around Lucas Oil Raceway. Uh, also in action, CRA Sportsman, CRA Street Stocks, and the Vores Compact Touring Series. Uh, practice starts at 2 o'clock, qualifying at 4.30, and the main events will start at 6 o'clock on Saturday for Champion Racing Association. What do you think? And rumor and rumor has it, um, I'm going to be there? I don't know. <laughs> that, that decision... Today and yeah, that, that decision is above my pay grade, Rich France. All I know is I won't be there. Uh, I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee for the All-American 400 tune-up uh, with the, the last weekly racing series event at Nashville before uh, All-American 400. So it's I'm sure we're going to see a lot of late model guys there kind of making some last-minute notes and some changes and getting ready for the All-American 400. Yeah, you know, a couple big races that we've gone, you know, that we've been involved with the last uh, – Last couple of years, and, and and it's pretty awesome. You know, Winchester 400, uh, both last two years we've been down there and had a great time. Um, you know, saw Stephen Nassie pick up the win in 2019, and then Carson Hosevar, uh pretty much dominated last year down, th down there uh, at Winchester. And then, um, then we'll head down. We'll, we'll have more of a preview show next week, but then we'll head as we get closer to these events. But then head down to Nashville for the All-American 400, where Stephen Nassie won the pro late model race. And uh, Casey Roderick trying to go back and defend his All-American 400 win as well and pick up another guitar. And again, we'll talk about this more as the event gets closer, but let me plant this seed now and we'll let you think about it. Is it strange that in my mind, and maybe I'm left field here, Rich, the defending All-American 400 champion comes in as an underdog? It could be. I mean, 
Casey Roderick's been running pretty good. Um, you know, he hasn't dominated the season, but he seems to run pretty well at Nashville um, when he shows up there. So I wouldn't put anything past Casey Roderick. What is cool, what I am looking forward to at Nashville what is what nobody is expecting. Ken Schrader, Kenny Wallace, in street stock. Oh, it's going to be That's great. Be awesome. Yeah, we got a chance to see Ken Schrader run a street stock at Salem earlier this year, and he didn't win, but he put on a show, and uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Saturday's going to be a lot of fun at Nashville, too, and uh, yeah, you're right. That that street stock race may be worth the price of admission to the whole weekend. Yeah, we'll have to go down and talk to those guys. We've had interviews with both of them on the show in the past. We'll have to go down there and uh, and, and talk to them some more and uh, but that, but that's pretty cool. You know, Kenny Wallace hasn't been spending a whole lot of time on pavement uh, here in 2021, spending most of his time on dirt. Uh, hopefully he doesn't forget where he came from. Well, kind of a short night here tonight, Rich France, but uh, you know what? It, it, with, the, with everything that went on today, with everything that hasn't gone on over the last weekend or so, uh, we'll take a quiet night tonight and uh, call it call it a weekend. Big weekend coming up again. Michigan Cup from Springport, USAC Silver Crown at Toledo. Of course, you got Fall Brawl down at Lucas Oil as well. So you've got your fair choice of places to go and races to see this weekend. Kind of pavement heavy, but you'll have that. Kokomo Clash is coming up too. Uh, my goodness, is that this coming weekend? I don't know. Uh, just thought about that for my dirt fans. The Kokomo Clash is right around the corner, too. And, of course, uh, when you're trying to look things up here uh, on the fly, things are still just not exactly working the way they need to. But uh, we do know that that one's coming up, so uh, we'll get some more dirt content coming back on uh, as the Clash is still just a, a couple of weekends out, the 15th and 16th for the Kokomo Clash. So, hey, that's going to wrap things up on an abbreviated edition of Horsepower Happenings tonight. Again, uh, if you're worried about the Facebook crash like we were earlier today, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. And, of course, horsepowerhappenings.com slash podcast will always be the place to go for sure to find Rich France, Zach Heiser, and, of course, Scott Menlin, who pays the bills here for Horsepower Happenings. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk next week. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.